Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey. Now Saturday, November 26th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down the Saturday NHL slate. Uh, a lighter slate than normal for a Saturday because we had the huge, bigger Friday card yesterday on the uh, Black Friday holiday. So as a result, Saturday, not quite that loaded slate, but still eight games uh, on tap, ready to uh, break them all down. It was certainly a busy Friday. We'll just briefly talk about uh, the games that took place uh, yesterday. A lot of interesting results uh, start off early in the day where the Boston Bruins can do no wrong on home ice. Just when you think they're about to finally lose a home game, down 2 nothing after the first period, uh, they come back with three unanswered, beat Carolina 3-2 to two in overtime, the first team in NHL history to start a season 12-0 and 0 on home ice. Credit to the Bruins for having this uh, terrific start, particularly on home ice. No doubt about it. Been very impressive. Uh, Montreal with a 3-2 shootout win uh, against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Um, good effort, again, I thought, by the uh, Blackhawks in that game. But yeah. unfortunately, uh, Arvid Soderblom was the red light district in the shootout. Couldn't make a save uh, in the uh, shootout, and that was the uh, difference. Montreal scored on every shootout attempt. Uh, and, and including uh, Kirby Doc, of course, who uh, yeah. was very excited about getting a victory <laughs> against his uh, former team uh, in that game yesterday in a 3-2 overtime or shootout win, rather, for the uh, Canadians in that one. Leafs beat Minnesota 4-3. Uh, good, solid road win. Incredible effort from the Leafs, considering all the defensemen that are out. So well done for them. Not so well done for the uh, Calgary Flames. 3-0 shutout loss against the Washington Capitals. Very disappointing, yet I'm going to be a stubborn guy when it comes to Calgary, and we'll talk about that later on when they play again later today. <laughs> you already know where I'm going. Uh, all right, uh, we also had um, Ottawa beat Anaheim 5-1. Credit to them uh, for the fact that, look, Ottawa's struggling mightily. They got a win they desperately needed. But again, it's Anaheim. Don't want to make too much of it. But it was one of their better games in a long time. Both ends of the ice. Talbot was solid in net. Special teams was good. They found the back of the net, capitalized on their chances. Brady Kachuk, Stutzla, the big gun stepped up for Ottawa, and they got a win they desperately needed. And then Pittsburgh against a, a just a depleted, struggling Philadelphia team takes care of business 4-1 in the uh, Keystone State rivalry game against Philly. We'll start with just the afternoon games, Alex. Uh, what were your thoughts on those from yesterday? Well, you said I watched all that that Hawks and uh, and Habs game, and you know Arvid Soderblom. I mean, the goals that he got beat on in the shootout. You, you mentioned it. You know, it just shows that he's just not fully there as a, a a quality NHL starter. I mean, these were not the most creative of moves. And I've talked about this before. We've been watching shootouts this year. We haven't seen the creativity that we saw the first five six years of the, of the shootout. It seems like. You know, I don't know if the players are kind of getting, you know, tired of it. We know how the most of the fans feel about the shootout. But I find it really interesting that with all the skill and talent that we have in, in the league, that shootouts are, are still pretty bland. And, and, and you know, it, it's not that exciting thing that it once was years ago. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know. You know, obviously the players, they're trying to score still. But, you know, it's like maybe change it up a bit. I mean, and that's the thing. We see that all the time with play during 60 minutes where, you know, we've seen offenses being more creative, you know, using, utilizing snapshots to changing the timing of their shot. I just find it interesting that we don't see that in the shootout, but that game, that was the, the biggest takeaway from that. Hawks hung around well, but, but uh, folded in the end. You mentioned the Leafs uh, playing the wild, you know, tough and, and the wild, you know, shown some resiliency, but they still have struggled at home. Flurry coming back off of injury, still not, not there. He's, he's showing his age now. At this point, it's not that just second injury. goal was brutal. Can't go in yeah. that Zach Aston Reese goal. Yeah. Horrible angle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and these are these are things we haven't seen from him in, in his entire career. Even as a rookie with, with those bad Pittsburgh teams in the first couple of years, he was still solid. And, and we're just not seeing that now. And, you know, maybe this is this is it. This is the end of the road for what's been a, a Hall of Fame career. Uh, which is unfortunate for Minnesota because they relied so much on him being the catalyst to carry them forward. If he's now going to be regulated to backup status, there's no way you can, you know, uh, have Gustafson be your starter. 
but you don't want to start the clock on Jesper Wallstead just yet either. So it, it's it, it's unfortunate because Minnesota has everything else rolling offensively and defensively talent wise, but the goaltending for that to be the issue now it, it's 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 uh it's disheartening. And uh, Calgary, that was a, a play that I liked a lot. Just no showed it against uh you know the Caps. Ovechkin getting another goal. Of course, he's closing in closer and closer. And now we're gonna have the watch probably every night on NHL Network of you know him getting to 800 and of course then 801 and 802 uh those will be the, the big milestones for him moving forward so uh definitely you know those are the, the three biggest takeaways note from the, from the day games yeah no doubt uh but yeah you're great uh, this is hilarious john massey's hilarious uh, we've got a bet cast coming up on tuesday of course and make sure it's a good time to remind everybody because we haven't talked about it. it's coming up this tuesday november 29th 7 p.m eastern Get your requests and join us on the stream. DM me or Alex. Uh, we will send you the StreamYard link before the BetCast begins. You'll be able to join us on the stream. Get your beers ready. Get your beverages ready, whatever you want. It's the pub, pub bar atmosphere that we always love with the BetCast. And we just shoot the shit. We talk about the games as they're progressing and live bets. All that good stuff uh, Tuesday night. So make sure you join us for our November Ice Guys live BetCast uh, definitely looking forward to that on Tuesday night. But John Massey saying ice guys with the same noon as Fox for their big noon kickoff. Yeah, the big 12-15 kickoff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Ice guys show it. 12-15. Yeah, not noon. Yeah, that's the way it is. It actually is good because it gives Alex a few more minutes. It gave me a few more minutes yeah. uh, as well. Uh, the start time pushed back 15 minutes So on this, on this day. So it actually worked out pretty well. All right, the night games. Uh, give New Jersey credit. Dead wrong. Uh, what can we do with the uh, best bet yesterday with Buffalo? I thought maybe vulnerable New Jersey after having the win streak snap. Sometimes you see a team, you know, have a hangover bounce off that. But credit to the Devils. They played very well. Uh, nice road game. Great effort in net from Akira Schmid as well. Starting to become a little bit of a story for New Jersey now. And I've posted this question to someone on Twitter with Akira Schmid really playing great two, three starts in a row now. This kid's played really well. And with what Vanacek is doing in net. I feel like I'm at the point where I'm ready to – now the problem is getting rid of the contract off the books, but I'm almost ready to punt on Blackwood. I'm sick, yeah. you know, I'm sick of the injuries. I'm sick of the inconsistency when he is healthy and he does play. I think I'm almost at the point where I'm ready to go forward with a Schmid-Banachek duo uh, in net if I'm the New Jersey Devils. And you know, it's obviously not going to be easy to find suitors for a guy that's been peanut brittle. Uh, in terms of being able to stay healthy. Uh, and also you talk about, you know, the inconsistency when we have seen Mackenzie Blackwood healthy and available. So yeah. won't be an easy thing to move, but I mean, I like what I see out of Schmid and obviously Vanacek's been very solid after they got him from Washington in the off season, but uh, credit to the devils. Uh, like I said, no hangover after that emotional, intense bubbling cauldron that was that environment for that Toronto, New Jersey game the other night, seeing the chance at a franchise record win streak snapped to bounce back and play that well last night. And they controlled the game. They heavily outshot the Sabres as well. That's a great sign for this very young New Jersey team. Yeah, absolutely. But you mentioned about, yeah, with Schmid, you know, stepping up now, if he can be a quality backup to Vanacek, uh, you know, yeah, it's going to be bye-bye Blackwood at some point. And, and you know, yes, that's a, a, a bit of a, of a large contract, but there are teams that need goalie help desperately that would probably take the shot. I mean, you know, even if you, you know, I talked about it the other day about, you know, could we see John Gibson on the move still, even though he's not nearly uh, at, at the high level he once was, but he could, could possibly be a good fit for a couple of teams. Uh, you know, and I think a change of scenery might be the best thing for John Gibson and, and definitely him playing through some injuries the last couple of years, maybe trying to be relegated to a backup role for right now. So maybe do you flip those contracts, you know, give both guys a change of scenery, let, you know, uh, in Anaheim, I mean, the way that they're playing right now and, and having those struggles, you know, they could easily be in the counter Bedard sweepstakes uh, if they keep on losing. So you get a guy like Blackwood, if he turns it around, then that's fine. If not, you're still holding a 6.7, you know, $6.8 million uh, contract for a goalie that's not playing well. But at least you tried something different. And then on the flip side, you get Gibson in, in New Jersey. You have a great one-two punch. If he can get back to even half as good as he, as we know he can be with Vanacek and Schmid, you have three quality goalies that you can rely on. And that's something that this team's probably going to need moving forward because as hot of a start as they had, we can't expect them to continue this kind of pace throughout the year. So you're going to need goaltending. And Gibson's a guy where if, if you give him some time to be healthy, maybe take some of the pressure off of him from having to play so many minutes he can get back to that top tier form and then you've got a dangerous one, two punch. 
Yeah, definitely. That's a great theory. It's very something that makes conceptually sense. It's just being able to pull it off. That's going to end up being the uh, question when it comes to that. The other night games last night, Islanders uh, take care of business against a ravaged Columbus Blue Jackets team, woefully shorthanded. They are uh, due to injuries, 3-2. The Detroit Red Wings surviving another really solid effort from Arizona. Uh, That team has no quit in them right now, the Coyotes. Uh, Another solid effort. They lose in uh, a shootout 4-3 to the Detroit Red Wings, who are suddenly playing well. I mean, if the season ended today, Detroit's in a playoff spot. You know, so uh, this Detroit Red Wings team, give them credit. Uh, It's been a nice little run for them. Uh, We've got Tampa Bay taking care of business against St. Louis, 5-2. They were not happy with their game against Boston, and they certainly played a lot better last night. I know Alex was on the regulation there with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, They get it done 5-2. Seattle, I told you yesterday, I was thinking, you know, Seattle, even though they've never beat Vegas, I don't love this spot really for Vegas, and they got tripped up. Seattle. 4-2 4-2 win uh, against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights and Philip Grubauer's return uh, in net as well for the crack and played one of his better games actually this year after a slow start. He really turned it around, played well after that. Great team. Re- and look, we might start have to start thinking about back in Seattle on the road. They're now 6-2 and two yeah. on the road this year, this team. I mean, they've played really good sound hockey, good team defense uh, away from home. Uh, something to factor in moving forward. There might be money to be made with Seattle on the road with the way they're going, Alex. Yeah, definitely. And and, and that's a big win for them. Like I said, finally beating Vegas for the first time ever. But now they're only six points back of Vegas in the Pacific Division. And, you know, they said people always like to use this this holiday weekend as the barometer of, you know, was the team you know good enough to be in the playoffs or not? Uh, they're hanging right there and they're hanging tough. And if they can get Grubauer back and once again, a guy that we kind of talked about at the beginning of the year thinking, you know, Maybe he can kind of get back to the form that we've seen from him the last two or three years. He's battled with some injuries back and forth. If he can be healthy and, and be quality, and the goal today they get from Martin Jones has been, you know, uh, way way above what we were expecting. So uh, that tandem can hang around and, and make some damage. That it'll be something to watch moving forward. Yeah, definitely. L.A. beat San Jose 5-2. Uh, team total falls short for me with the Sharks finally as they uh, fall. Uh, I took over two and a half, but I did have the full game over as well. That did get home uh, yes. thanks to the L.A. Kings. Alex did as well, the Kings yeah. and the Sharks uh, over the uh, total. 5-2 win for the uh, L.A. Kings there. And a wild one with Winnipeg and Dallas. A 5-4 overtime win. Winnipeg has a 4-2 lead third period. Two Jason Robertson goals to tie it up. And I understand why Winnipeg was upset that the tying goal counted because there's a bit of, and again, we talk about this. All we want as fans and betters in the NHL and any sport is consistency. We want consistency with the penalty calls, both teams. If it's a penalty for one team, it's a penalty for another. And if it's a video replay review situation, if it's a goal for one team, it's a goal for the other team and vice versa. And Rick Bonus and company were right to be upset because Connor Alibuck loses his mask. He's down on the ice, stomach on stomach on the ice, face down, no goalie mask on. You're usually supposed to blow the play dead, blow the whistle. It didn't. It ended up leading to a Dallas goal. It was allowed to stand. When earlier in the game, Jake Ottinger loses his goalie pad, they blow the whistle right away when he loses his goalie pad and the play's blown dead. Yet here's Hellebuck with no goalie mask, stomach down on the ice, face down, you know, on his stomach, on the ice, and the play is allowed to continue. No whistle is blown. So that's, again, the lack of cons- – and they called that a good goal. So, you know, I'm, if I'm Winnipeg, I am pissed off and upset, especially when you see the Ottinger situation that happened earlier in that same damn game. And I was pissed off because I've had Winnipeg, and maybe some of it is, yeah, I had a Jets ticket in my pocket there. But, you know, I was like, what the fuck's going on here? I never thought in a million years that goal would have counted. Uh, but sure enough, Winnipeg parks that somehow, and credit to them for doing that, as they could have just let it, let it just, just, just so irate, frustrated yeah. by that goal being allowed to stand that they don't regroup in overtime, but they did. And Josh Morrissey, all of a sudden, isn't that incredible? Another overtime game winner for the defenseman for the Winnipeg Jets, Josh Morrissey, and they win 5 4 uh, in overtime. But crazy game, crazy ending. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, you, you know, you just want to f- have consistency with these calls and, and, you know, Credit to the refs because they've really been kind of getting things right for the most part this year. We haven't seen as many bad calls this year, in my opinion, as we've seen in, in, in previous years, uh, especially with some of these offside challenges and different things. So, uh, you know, they're, they're gonna they're gonna miss some of them. Uh, like I said that one that one was a questionable one, and it's interesting because it seems like for the last two and a half three years, whenever Winnipeg and Dallas were playing, I've I've been on the draw. 
didn't like it last night, and sure enough, it ends up hitting again. So it's one of those things where I probably should have just stayed the course. You know, that, that, those are two teams that always play each other tight and tough, uh, and those are two teams that are running it right now in the Central. So uh, it'll be interesting seeing that. If I'm not mistaken, I think they only have one more meeting the rest of the way, and it'll be like later on in the year. So that'll be interesting to see how where these two teams are sitting from now to the next time they meet. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jets and Stars, a couple of uh, wild ones they've had already uh, this year, and Winnipeg gets the uh, victory there uh, last night. Rick Bonus gets a victory as he returns to Dallas, now head coach of the uh, Winnipeg Jets. All right, that was a look back at last night. I figured with a shorter card than usual for Saturday, we'd talk a little about last night, but let's move on to today. We've got an eight-game slate, and it starts in about half an hour from now with the Edmonton Oilers and the New York Rangers. Uh, Rangers minus 160, home favorites, six and a half the total. Uh, in this game, I'm going to do an Edmonton Oilers first period, f- a full game money line split here uh, in this game. I think they've got, uh, I think this is, look, this is set up very nicely for Edmonton. Now, whether they're competent, whether they're capable enough to take advantage of this situation that's in their favor is a completely different argument because this is obviously a team that's not played great uh, as of late. There's no question. And shut out by the New York Islanders uh, in their last game. It's either the defense lets them down. It's either the goaltending from Campbell is a little bit weak uh, or it's turnover. And it was some turnovers led to some of those Islanders goals the other night. And then, of course, for the first time in a while, their offense gets completely shut down. They get shut out, which doesn't happen to the Oilers uh, very often. But they've had two days off. Uh, They've been in the New York tri-state area now for uh, all week long, essentially. Whereas the New York Rangers, they're coming back home off a four-game West Coast road trip. Seattle, San Jose, L.A., Anaheim, where they went 2-2. Two and two. They lost to the Kraken and the Ducks. They beat the Kings and the Sharks. And they've got to come all the way back, cross to the East time zone. The three time zones over. Whereas the Oilers are just staying around the New York area the whole time uh, this week. So situationally, it works out perfectly for the Oilers. It's going to be an early start at Madison Square Garden. I've seen some early start games there. The atmosphere is not nearly as loud as it would be other instances. And the, the MSG crowd in the regular season is even, isn't even close to the intensity it is in the playoffs anyway. Uh, so I think for Edmonton, this is a winnable game for them uh, when you factor in uh, what uh, the Rangers are going through in terms of the travel, in terms of the scheduling spot uh, going into this game. Yes, it's Cam- Campbell was better. I thought Campbell took strides. Can't blame that on Campbell the other night the 3-0 loss. There was turnovers. There was some shaky defense in front of him. I don't think he gave up that quote-unquote bad goal that we've seen from him at times. And it doesn't help when your team doesn't score for you either. But it is Campbell and Shesterkin, a confirmed goaltending matchup for this game with the Oilers and Rangers. I'm going to take a shot. Like I said, Edmonton first period, maybe jump on New York and hold on for the win as well. So Edmonton first period, which you can get at plus one. Uh, 15 to plus 120 and the full game as high as plus 140. I'm even seeing plus 145 uh, start to show up right now uh, on the Oilers. I think that's too rich of a price for the Rangers in this spot, uh, in my opinion. As far as the uh, props go, Goodrow, second line, VC second line, like I've said repeatedly, I think those are the guys that are a little bit undervalued right now for the uh, New York Rangers. Edmonton, uh, yes, Apuliarvi uh, on the top line still with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Uh, uh, how about the move that uh, Jay Woodcroft has made? That's the one thing. Jay Woodcroft won't sit on his laurels. He's going to shake things up if things aren't working. He's going to load up his top line, Alex. Leon and Connor, both on the top line today with Yessa Puliarvi, Matias Yanmark, the Nuge, and Hyman on the uh, second line. Fogel, McLeod, Costin, third line. Holloway, Malone, Ryan, uh, the fourth line. Fogel has been starting to get it going a little bit. You could look in that direction. I don't mind Nugent Hopkins and Yanmark. I'm still, you know, hell bent on Yanmark's getting chances. He just hasn't been able to capitalize since his move up to the top line. But man, he's had shots. He's had opportunities. So a Yanmark, Nuge, Fogel, that trio in particular. I don't mind those looks in terms of props for Edmonton to score a goal in this game. Alex, what are you thinking here? Oilers, Rangers. Yeah, this one's going to be a pass for me. And uh, John Massey made a great comment in the chat talking about this is, you know, get the lot of the out-of-towners, a lot of families with these holiday starts, these early starts, not always the same kind of crowd. Uh, But even with that, these are two teams I just haven't had a good read on uh, betting-wise, especially the New York Rangers. It seems like every time I've been on them, they've, they've lost. Every time I've tried to have the first period over, they, the score is after 20, and then they explode for a bunch of goals afterwards. So it's just been these are two teams I just haven't had the, the best of feel of. This is one I would want to kind of watch and observe to see where they are doing, you know, pace-wise. But uh, it's more than likely will be off of my card. 
right? So a pass for Alex in this one. And yeah, I'm going to, I like the price. I like the situation. And they've actually played well against the Rangers. Actually, if you look at series history, Edmonton's done well uh, against New York, five and one uh, in the last six meetings for the Oilers over the Rangers. So I like the price live underdog, in my opinion, your Oilers uh, against uh, the New York Rangers. All right. Calgary Flames, Carolina Hurricanes. This is the second and other uh, afternoon game taking place, 4 p.m. Eastern. Carolina minus 140, home favorites, six the total uh, in this game. Uh, I can't believe, you know, I can't believe I'm doing it, but I am. I'm going to Calgary again, maybe like a like a stubborn man. Uh, I'm coming back to the well here with Calgary again. Look, these are two teams that are both not playing their best hockey right now, but I think the issues are worse for Carolina. Carolina's had some really stinkers, some real stinkers, some really bad games. Like the Arizona game was horrible. Uh, right before Thanksgiving. Yesterday, you're playing a great Boston team, Boston team that doesn't want to have their home ice win streak snapped, but you have a 2 nothing lead after the first period. You're a team that's been built off protecting leads, being good defensively, and you can't bring that home. You've got issues right now, serious issues right now if you're the Carolina Hurricanes. So does Calgary, but again, with Calgary, yesterday again, I mean, the shots are there. They're, they actually had the edge in play for a large part against Washington, and the, the, the offensive production isn't there right now. And that continues to be the, the, what's holding back this Flames team. And then Markstrom gives up that one back-breaking bad goal that you just can't give up. I thought that uh, 3 nothing goal was a little bit of a soft one uh, for him to give up uh, in that game uh, yesterday. No, it was the second goal. Sorry, it was Kuznetsov in the second period. Uh, it was the 2 nothing goal. I mean, you got to save that. You know, it was right along the ice. It gets under your pads somehow. Got to make that save if you're Markstrom. Uh, and he wasn't able to do that here, especially when your team's, you know, playing hard and scuffling to score goals. You've got to be even more on point and rock solid and make the saves you're supposed to in that situation if your Markstrom wasn't able to do it. Uh, so we'll see now on a back-to-back -back both teams. Pyotr Kochetkov was in net yesterday for Carolina, and he's been getting most of the starts lately. But back-to-back, -back, there is a chance we see Antti Ranta uh, on the back-to-back, uh, -back. they're saying he might be ready uh, to uh, play here in uh, this one. He had a little tweak of, an, of, of, of a lower, uh, probably a groin or a knee or something earlier in the week, and that's why he's been kind of unavailable, and they've been riding with Kochekov. But they're saying Ronta might be fit to play today uh, against uh, Cal Calgary and be available if need be. And if he is, they'll probably start him. I would think Vladar on a back-to-back. Uh, for the uh, Calgary Flames. Uh, we'll see if that is indeed confirmed, but we don't have goalies confirmed as of right now. Uh, but I'm going to take a shot with Calgary. I know they've been frustrating. They have not been able to finish their chances. But uh, right now, this is a game where you've got two teams that are not playing their best hockey, struggling with their confidence right now. I first of all think at, when it's all said and done, Calgary's got the chance to be as good, if not better, than Carolina as it is. And then you're laying a buck 40 with this Carolina team. It's just, to me, the price is right still to take Calgary, and that's why I'm doing it at plus 120. If the, if the prices are reversed, obviously I'm not on Calgary. I wouldn't be laying a price with Calgary on the road against Carolina, but a plus 120 against a Carolina team that's equally finding ways to lose right now, yeah, I'm in one more time. One more time, at least, with uh, the Calgary Flames. Although, if they don't get it done here, we might be taking a little break from uh, backing this team. What do you think here, uh, Alex? Calgary, Carolina. Yeah, I don't want to back them after yesterday because I was on them yesterday, and and they just the the way that they looked right now was just not solid. And Carolina, like I said, you know this five game losing streak, and and for the last five games have gone to overtime. I mean, you know they've they've had these kind of back and forth battles, and you know letting teams back in, and like I said, not holding leads. It, it's it's a bit tough. So I would lean with the draw, but that's been hit down. I'm seeing plus three twenty five, plus three thirty. There's still some good value there, but. Uh, you know, it's a number that you'd probably see a, a, a tad bit higher, but uh, that's been cashing left and right with Carolina. So, you know, these are two teams not in the best of form. Maybe they kind of just, you know, slug it out a little bit and kind of keep it tight and close. And we see this one go past 60. So I'll take a shot here with the draw. All right. Liking the draw here, Alex, in this one with the Flames and the Hurricanes. All right. The rest of the games are Saturday night. St. Louis Blues, Florida Panthers. We've got Florida minus 210 home favorites here. Six and a half being the total in this one. Uh, we've said this uh, this week already about the St. Louis Blues. When they start losing, don't bet them. When they start winning, you bet you bet on them. I mean, that's and they're a streaky team. They've been that way all year, and they look like they're about to go on one of their great losing streaks again. I mean, that's just the way it is. They are they have been this kind of team all season long. I mean, you already look at St. Louis's season up until this point. 
They've been, you know, three-game win streak to start the season. And then they go on that awful four, five, six, seven, eight-game losing streak. Then they win three, four, five, six, seven in a row. And now they've lost two in a row. I mean, it has been nothing but streaks from the St. Louis Blues. A winning streak, a losing streak, a winning streak. And now we're back into a losing streak again for the Blues. And they're on a back-to-back as well after playing in Tampa Bay last night. So, no, no Blues for me uh, in this game. Question is, can you lay this price with Florida, who have kind of been scuffling themselves, although they did break out of it with a nice 5-2 win. I think I do want to back Florida in regulation here, if anything. I might look in that direction, but I'm waiting to see, as someone in our chat mentions, Barkov status. Uh, Obviously, that's important. He's a game-time decision uh, for the uh, Florida Panthers. Uh, He has played the last three games. He only missed the one game against Dallas, but he has been a little bit banged up since then. He did play the last three games. Will he play tonight? We'll have to wait and see. It's an illness, uh, apparently, that's uh, causing potential absence for him tonight uh, in this game. So we'll see if he suits up. I definitely like the idea of backing Florida with Spencer Knight in that. Like I say, it's time to give him the net uh, moving forward. Uh, 6-3-1, and 2.39 goals against average, 9.22 save percentage. His numbers have been very solid. Uh, he's been getting the job done for the uh, Florida Panthers. He was terrific against Boston. 39 uh, shots faced, only two goals allowed. Thought he played very well in that game. He's the better goalie than Bobrovsky right now. I don't give two shits how much you're paying goalie Bob. There's nobody with a hockey brain that is going to say that goalie Bob is better right now than Spencer Knight. Uh, you know, that's just the way it is at this point in time. Spencer Knight's outplaying him, and he's deserving of these opportunities to continue to start. And I think Paul Maurice uh, for Florida realizes that. So I definitely lean Florida in regulation here uh, in this game, just waiting on uh, goalie confirmations. I might go with the over. I might go more with a Florida team total, because I, I don't know about St. Louis scoring in bunches against Knight the way he's playing on a back-to-back. But if it's Thomas Grice in that, uh, on the back-to-back here for the uh, St. Louis Blues, I'd definitely be interested uh, not just in a Florida in regulation, but maybe a Florida team total over as well. Team total for them is three and a half minus 140. You know I'm not a big fan of Grice. Now, he was a little bit better in his last start, and he faced a shit ton of shots as well uh, in that uh, last start that he made, but he's still uh, a goalie with numbers on the season that aren't good. One and three, 3.76 goals against 906 save percentage. So, Definitely leading Florida in multiple directions in this game, without a doubt. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Blues Panthers? This is another game where I actually like to draw here. I'm seeing plus 390. I think it's a pretty high price, especially when you look at serious history. Uh, last two meetings have gone to overtime or a shootout, and the three before that were all decided by one goal. I think this could be one of those tight games. Like I said, St. Louis has been very streaky, which I'm not I'm not shocked about. Like I said, I, I think I was much lower on St. Louis heading into the season than a lot of people. Uh, I, I thought that we were just going to kind of see this team get a little bit older uh, and slower and fall off, and that hasn't exactly been the case. It's not necessarily uh, a, a lack of, of speed or skill, but they just just it just inconsistency. Uh, you know, there's this kind of up and down pattern. Florida is a team that I just, I mean, even in regulation, laying a price, I just can't do it with it right with them right now. But I think this could be a, a close enough game, and I think we're getting a good enough value with the number at plus three ninety to go with the draw. There you go. Back-to-back draw recommendations here for Alex. The draw king is at it big time. Calgary, Carolina, St. Louis, Florida, back-to-back, thinking we might see uh, overtime uh, in those games. Uh, All right, we got Washington and New Jersey uh, next up. Devils minus 190, home favorite, six the total in this one. Like I said, very impressed with New Jersey. Usually there's a hangover when you have a long, and I mean a long, like a double-digit win streak snap when it get snapped usually you lose maybe one or two in a row three in a row but just to get right back in the saddle play a great road game against buffalo control the game control the flow like they did uh, get the win uh, like they did uh, very impressed with the devil's effort last night i'm certainly not going to go against new jersey with this depleted washington team i know washington shut out calgary i was stunned couldn't believe it especially as they're still dealing with a lot of key personnel out although i will say one of the guys that has recently returned and you know how much better they play with him tj oshi you know keep in mind he just recently returned and obviously that is a huge huge uh benefit uh to the uh, washington capitals vtech vanacek will be in net for new jersey as you would expect after schmied got the start last night he'll be back to uh, vanacek against his former team i like that situation you always want to prove a point because you know, like Samsonov with Toronto and now like um, Vanacek here with New Jersey, Washington just said, we're done with you. We're not, we don't want you back, really. 
didn't really offer him a serious contract offer. So if you're Vanacek, you take that personally. You want to go in there and say, hey, I'll show you what you missed out on. And I'm having a nice season so far. So I think that's significant here uh, in this game for the uh, Devils, something that's in, on their side. Uh, it looks like Kemper was in yesterday in that shutout against Calgary. So you'd expect Charlie Lindgren to get the call tonight, although it hasn't been confirmed yet for the uh, Capitals. You know, Lindgren actually has played overall a little bit better than I thought. Not so much lately, though. Two of the last three starts, he's given up four goals, including uh, the the game against uh, St. Louis uh, just recently in his most recent start where they lost 5-4 in a shootout. He gave up four goals on just 24 shots. His numbers have fallen now to a 3.13 goals against average, 905 save percentage, but uh, definitely kind of like the Florida game. I haven't bet it yet. I leaned Panthers and in regulation, Panthers team total over against uh, St. Louis. Eileen Devils in regulation, Devils team total over uh, in this game here against uh, Washington. Just waiting on uh, confirmation of lineups, but Devils are passed for me. What do you think here, Alex? Washington, New Jersey. Yeah, I like Devils. I'm going to go first period puck line, lay the half a goal. I'm seeing plus 140 at a couple of shops, including bet online. Uh, I think we see them get off to a, a good start and a good pace. And like I said, I think that's definitely a, a key with Vanacek starting in that too, like I said, against his old team where he said it wasn't that it was, this wasn't the most amicable of splits. Like I said, they, you know, Washington just decided to clean house goaltending wise. Uh, and now Vanacek finding his form with a, with a new team. I think, yeah, he, he would definitely want to step up and play well uh, in, in this spot. So I'm just going to trust New Jersey to just kind of at least get off to a good start and get out of that first period with the lead uh, at a decent plus price. All right, there you go. New Jersey puck line in the first period for uh, Alex here, back in the Devils early uh, in uh, this game. And, uh, you know, in terms of, like I say, uh, you, you, could, you could spread the wealth, if you will, Share the wealth when you're betting New Jersey player props because anybody can chip in. I mean, it's the first line, the second line, the third line. But I always say, if you want your bang for your buck, Zetterlin, Sharon Govich, Wood, McLeod, Bastion. The bottom six has real value with the Devils and their goal scorer props because this group can find the back of the net any night. And they are impactful. And they, they obviously chip into the offense for the New Jersey Devils. So definitely some uh, player props there. And like I say, I definitely like more of the bottom six forwards because you get better value, and they really do contribute here to this team's offensive success. For Washington, you know, Shiri, Milano, I've mentioned them. Uh, Strom even centering the top line has started to get, you know, a little bit of his offense going. So there's some options there for sure for uh, goal props uh, in this game with the uh, Capitals and the uh, Devils. All right, next up, we've got Toronto and Pittsburgh. Man, it feels like these teams have played each other like eight times this year. Here they are again, the Leafs and the Penguins. This is actually their final uh, regular season meeting, which I would think so. They're not even division rivals. And this, this is already the third time they've played each other uh, this year and yet not playing each other ever again uh, for the rest of the uh, season. So Pittsburgh minus 130, minus 135. Uh, home favorites in this game, six and a half the total, uh, pretty much across the board. This one's a tricky one. Toronto's Toronto shouldn't be doing what they're doing with all the blue liners out, but they are somehow. They've cobbled it together, and they beat New Jersey, and they beat Minnesota on the road. You know, they handed New Jersey their win streak snapping loss, and they beat a Minnesota team, a solid Minnesota team on the road, even without Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, and of course Muzzin, who's been out for a while. I mean, that's three of their best shut down defensemen there, and yet here they are finding a way to win games. I give credit to everybody that stepped up. Sandine's been terrific uh, of the late the last few games. Uh, his recent play has been uh, fun to see. Liljegren's gotten the job done. I mean, they're all, and Giordano, a warrior, blocking, you know, five or six shots a game. You know, you got to give the Leafs credit. They've dug in. They've hung in there with the defensive injuries, and they've still found ways to win games. Uh, Eric Schalgren, back-to-back situation. Not surprised to see him in that after Matt Murray got the call against Minnesota. You'd think Murray's red hot. Murray's playing great right now. There's no denying that. At the moment, Matt Murray's playing terrific hockey. What a save he made, Alex. With about 10 seconds to go to preserve that 4-3 win yesterday, the save he made was incredible. Uh, and that's obviously kept the Leafs uh, in front and allowed them to finish off the victory there. He's playing great, but they still want to be careful. It's a guy that's coming off the multiple times he's been out with the lower body and the groin injuries. They want to be careful with that. They don't want to play him in a back-to-back very often, if at all. And for that reason, even though he's in great form, they're going with Eric Schalgren here uh, in that tonight uh, against Pittsburgh. 
Probably will be, I would think, Casey DeSmith for uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, after Jari got the last two starts. DeSmith's been uh, hobbled a little bit with an upper body injury, but they say he's feeling better and is good to go, and I would think he'll be back in net for the uh, Penguins. Uh, they've been starting him a bunch because Jari's been up and down, and DeSmith's actually given them a boost and you know played better uh, at times than his counterpart, uh, Tristan Jari. 2.88 goals against, 9.09 uh, save percentage uh, for this game. I probably lean Pittsburgh a little bit here uh, just because, you know, these teams have this is the rubber match. Uh, Pittsburgh won in Toronto and then Toronto won in Pittsburgh 5-2 uh, right after that. And now it's Pittsburgh looking to avenge a recent defeat to the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. And Pittsburgh's won five in a row, so they have definitely picked it up here. No question about that. But I don't love the price uh, enough. And I, I don't know if I'm ready to jump against Toronto either. Even with the defensive injuries, they've found ways to uh, get the job done. Uh, here the last few games so just to lean to the over for me at six and a half because murray has been very good and while the blue line shorthanded as it is for toronto has hung in there gotten the job done they've still given up some good looks murray's bailed them out can shawgren bail them out like murray has that's the big question you have to ask yourself i guess for that reason i would lean a little bit to the over in this game the last game did go over the total with toronto pittsburgh uh in this building when the leafs won five two so the over is probably the closest I am to betting something in this game side or total. What do you think here, Alex? Toronto, Pittsburgh. Yeah, I like Pittsburgh here in regulation. Get anywhere between plus a dollar ten to a dollar twenty. I got a dollar ten. Uh, I'm surprised that we didn't see Shawgren start last game, so they would give Murray this start against his old team in, in Pittsburgh. I, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was interesting. Something that. I, noticed yesterday but like you said you know you don't want to rest murray you don't want to have him playing back-to-backs yet you still want to give him some time to to be healthy and keep him as fresh as possible but it's a pittsburgh team that's been rolling hot and you know i've been trying to back them in in decent price ranges during this win streak uh yesterday wasn't the the best of prices i thought i could have gone could have gone puck line and, and would have been fine but uh this is within a striking distance range and like i said i think they can take care of business within 60 so i'll take the plus price with penguins in regulation all right, so for a little better uh, price, he's going with uh, Pittsburgh uh, in regulation here, Alex, in uh, this one. As far as the player, we've talked about Zucker and McGinn, uh, obviously, lately for the uh, Penguins uh, getting the job done, uh, scoring goals. Both of them, I think, are a little undervalued. I'm going to go to someone on the fourth line. I don't know where this guy's offense has come from, but Ryan Paling scored twice against Philly. He's playing on the fourth line for Pittsburgh. He's actually scored three goals in the last five games. There's a real bargain bin right there. I mean, and the all the concern with always backing and betting on a guy like Ryan Paling to score goals for you is he's playing on the fourth line. He's not going to get the minutes that other players will. But all of a sudden, because of this increased production, he had 12 minutes against Chicago. He had 11 minutes yesterday against Philadelphia. Like Sullivan is starting to finally play him a little bit more because look, he's he's contributing. You know, he's making an impact. So. Uh, that's definitely uh, under the radar. That's a classic Ian bargain bin goal score prop situation here. As far as the Leafs go, uh, they've shifted down Kerfoot to the third line. He's just been scuffling offensively lately. Uh, so he's been moved down to the third line. Bunting, Matthews, Nylander, the top line. Marner, Tavares, and he scored yesterday for Minnesota. He's moved up to the top, the second line for the Leafs. He scored two goals in the last four games. I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali, Cali Yarncroke. Second line here for the Leafs. Scored yesterday in the game against uh, Minnesota, and I think definitely worth a look here uh, today on that second line. Uh, for And look, he scored a bunch of goals last year. Remember Seattle, and then he went to Calgary, and it kind of struggled there. But with, when he was with Seattle, he was I was on the goal prop for Yarncroke quite a bit. And now we're starting to see that goal-scoring production start to percolate for Cali Yarncroke. So I think it's worth a shot here at him to uh, get the uh, – goal as find the back of the net here tonight for the uh, Leafs. All right, he next up. He doesn't get enough credit for his offensive yeah. skill. We you know we we, yeah. we talk about how great of a defensive forward he is. That is his his Which primary is, kind yeah. of position, but but he's definitely got some uh, a nice scoring touch as well. He does. He, he does. I mean, he's underrated. You give him opportunities. He knows he, he knows how to finish around the net. You know, you give him those point blank looks, those point blank chances, and obviously he had one yesterday uh, in the game against the uh, Minnesota Wild. He's going to be able to finish off those chances. Uh, and uh, again, now more ice time because you're in a top six role on the second line now uh, tonight for the Leafs. So great situation here to maybe uh, cash in with a uh, Yarncroke 
a goal prop tonight. All right, Flyers and Islanders. We've got the uh, New York Islanders, minus 220, home favorites, six the total, shaded to the under uh, in this one. Back-to-back uh, -back for both teams. I mean, Philly is, just cannot be backed right now in any way, shape, or form. This team's obviously having a tough time at the moment, uh, like we've talked about repeatedly. I hate harping on the uh, same problem for Philadelphia, but their center ice position, that's not that's not a legit top four centers. That's not a legit foursome in terms of an, like a like a competent, solid, real sturdy quartet of centers. That Kevin A's, Morgan Frost, Tanner Lashinsky, and Lucas Sedlak aren't it. All right, they're so depleted at the center ice spot. Konechny out, uh, you know, Scott Lawton, another center out. Couturier out. I mean, it's just they're they're gutted at center ice right now. There's really not much John Tortorella can do. You know, he's just got to try to rely on whatever depth he has and hope they can uh, fill the void, you know, fill the holes. And it's not easy to ask these guys to step up, fill the minutes that they're being asked. You know, Couturier, Konechny, Atkinson, Wade Allison was a big loss. I thought he was playing well. Uh, JVR on IR, Lawton. So it's a really banged up team in the forward group. Uh, and uh, you're seeing it, you know, offensively, it's been uh, a well that's run dry uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers. And unfortunately, that hallmark of work ethic and defense, they're still bringing it. Like the effort's still been there, but they can't overcome the lack of offense. They can't overcome the center ice injuries. And they can't overcome all of a sudden, you know, goaltending and defense that's dropped off a little bit, including Carter Hart's play. He hasn't dropped off significantly, but it's dropped off a little bit uh, in recent games for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. I would expect Felix Sandstrom to be in net, especially when you factor in that it's a back-to-back -back and uh, Hart's been a little bit off his game uh, of late. Uh, so I'd expect him to be in net. And we might get Semyon Varlamov here for the uh, Islanders on a back-to-back, -back, even though Sorokin just continues to be really good. Uh, for the uh, New York Islanders in net. It's been a great season for Sorokin, but this being a back-to-back, -back, you're facing a struggling Philadelphia Flyers team. Wouldn't surprise me to see Lane Lambert uh, roll with uh, Varlamov here uh, as his goaltender uh, in this game. Um, I'm really tempted with six to the under, and if it fall, and I'm seeing some signs that some books used to, using bet stamp here that the total might actually fall to five and a half in some spots. I actually do see a five and a half at Betway at Proline Plus. Uh, there are a couple of books that have this total at five and a half. If it's Varlamov versus Sandstrom, I know Philly's offense is just in a rough way right now. I might have to lean over at five and a half if we get that as the goalie matchup here with the uh, Flyers and the Islanders. And keep in mind, two of the last three head-to-head -head meetings have gone uh, over the total, both four, three final scores. So, Five and a half, and if we get Sandstrom versus Varlamov confirmed, I might look over the total here. It could only look Islanders in regulation, but not sure I'll pull the trigger there. What do you think here, Alex? Flyers, Islanders. Yeah, it's interesting. I would probably look for that over live or even team total over live. It's something I don't, I don't really do. If I usually play a team total, I usually play a pregame. But three and a half is a tad bit steep. I think if especially if you have like a bet MGM, you can look for a three or wait live and wait for a two and a half to drop into a, a decent price value range. This could easily be a three, nothing three, one Islander win the way that the flyers offense has kind of been rolling. But uh, you know, it, it's, if you like the over, like I said, five and a half is, is always a, a good number. If you see a five and a half now, you could even probably wait and try to grab a five or four and a half in game. I think uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked to see those numbers kind of hit over six is a tad bit steep with how uh, Philly's offense has been rolling. But, uh, you know, the defense hasn't been there. Like I said, you know, Carter Hart, he got pulled. I think that was late in the second when he gave up the, the last goal. He got pulled. So so Sandstrom, keep that in mind that Sandstrom's had to come in a couple of times uh, in relief of Hart, logging in a little bit more more minutes. And that's something I haven't tracked too closely when you have back-to-backs and a goalie gets pulled. That second guy who usually starts a game, you know, do we, you know, what are his tendencies, you know, having to have had to jump in last game. And now does he essentially have the same feel of a goalie playing back-to-back -back starts, you know, or, or some, so it's something that I would have to try to track. It's not the easiest thing to track because you don't see a lot of goalies get pulled because of a back-to-back starts. You, you tend to see goalies get kind of hung out the dry in spots uh, so he can keep the other guy fresh. So that's something to kind of, kind of observe with, with Samson. Let's see what kind of, uh, you know, spot he's in and then maybe just adjust in game. Yeah, and uh, again, because Hart was pulled yesterday, does Torch throw Hart back in there today? Is that's that's still a possibility? That's why we haven't yeah, it is. confirmed yet. That's true. Yep. 
I, I don't I don't think so. I, I don't I just don't think that. Especially we've talked forever about his home and road splits. Yeah. And he just hasn't played well really anywhere lately. So uh you know I think I think it would be best for them to ride Sandstrom, give him the start. Because Sandstrom, for what it's worth, like I said, I mean the team in front of him is not doing much either, but he's made some quality saves. He's looked better form wise, in my opinion, than he did say uh you know early in this year or any time last season. So he's you know in getting the minutes and reps, we're seeing him kind of sharpen the sword a little bit. I still don't think it's gonna be much. I think he's he's uh a number two guy at best in this league, but that's something to keep an eye on. You know what's frustrating for Torts? It's gotta be because it would be frustrating for me if I was a big time Flyers fan watching this team nightly. I'm seeing my team work their tail off and their ass off, especially in the offensive. I'm seeing them cycle the puck, work the puck along, forecheck, bang bodies along the boards, you know, do win or try to win all those board battles, those puck battles that you need to win in the offensive zone to ultimately get scoring chances and ultimately score goals. I'm seeing them do all these little things. Well, Philadelphia at times, and yet they work the puck around the offensive zone. Half the time they barely get a shot out of it. Half the time, they barely get a quality scoring chance out of it. And it's like, and that's where you lack that high level skill, that high level ability. You lack that great vision, the passing ability, just that extra level of skill you need in the NHL to execute plays at a high rate of speed against, you know, best players in the world on each team every night. That's where they're lacking. You know, the meat and potatoes is there, the hard hats are on, the lunch pails are in the house. You know, they bring the work ethic, they're doing a lot of things, and there's no payoff. There's no payoff. There's work. There's offensive zone time. There's possession. There's barely a good shot out of it. There's barely a scoring chance out of it. I find many of Philadelphia's offensive zone shifts, Alex, are like that, where it's just good work, working the puck along, tiring out the other team. You just don't get enough out of it. That's where they're at. That's what I see over and over again with this hockey team. Yeah, And that's why right. Tortorella, I get the same fucking quote out of him every game now. he got to make more plays. Got to make <laughs> more plays. Maybe you don't have the personnel to make more plays right now offensively. That looks right. like what it's it, what it is, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. Like said, with the injury bug biting them too. I mean, they, there's only so much they can do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's what it is, and we kind of knew this coming into the season. It could be this way for Philadelphia. Yeah, maybe Torts gets them working hard, paying attention to better defense, but it's going to be tough. They just don't have your game breakers offensively that so many other teams in their own division and in their own conference have, uh, and that's stymieing them offensively right now for sure all right next up we've got dallas and colorado uh colorado minus 170 uh home favorites in this game uh six the total i like wallstrom by the way goal scorer prop i've been riding him a lot quite a bit with the islanders uh, i do like that for that islander flyer game this game's interesting dallas off a overtime loss against winnipeg they stole a point really because they looked like they were out of it down four two but they get a couple of Tying goal, a couple of goals in the third. The tying goal, controversial uh, for sure uh, in terms of that play, which I don't know if that goal should have counted. I don't think it should have, but they got it anyway. They got a point out of that game in the 5-4 overtime loss to the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Now they go on the road, second of back-to-back games. And I'm telling you what, I'm tempted by Dallas at the price, but the situation's not great. You know, he played overtime last night, extended yourself. Now back-to-back when you got to play in the altitude and the thin air, you know, it's not exactly an advantageous spot by any stretch of the imagination. And because Colorado's game against Nashville got postponed due to the water main break uh, in Music City yesterday, all of a sudden, you know, they got a big rest advantage going into this game. where They haven't played since Wednesday night before uh, Thanksgiving. And it was a loss against Vancouver, 4-3. to three. And so you got Colorado off a loss. And I don't think I love going against the Avalanche in that situation. You know, the elite teams, the great teams off a loss, they do want to respond. So I'm probably going to end up passing on this game when it's all said and done from a side perspective. But I'm going to go with the over here uh, in this game from a totals perspective. I mean, if you're Dallas right now, you got to just accept it for what it is and ride it potentially with this team. And that's the over streak that they are on right now, uh, which has been quite the uh, remarkable run. Uh, Their last 10 games, the Dallas Stars are 7-1-2. Seven wins, one loss, two pushes to the over uh, in their last 10 games. And I think you probably will see more of the same here tonight uh, against the Colorado Avalanche, who I think will look to push pace as well. Now, the head-to-head series has really trended under Dallas and Colorado. It's the one thing that I looked at and I said, "Eh, maybe give us a little bit of pause for betting the over, but not enough for me to uh, stay off this bet completely. I think with the way Dallas is trending, 
work, you know, just push pace if you're Colorado. You got this team on a back-to-back after playing last night, now in the thin air. Wear them out if you're Colorado. Use the rest advantage to your favor uh, if you're the Avalanche. Push the pace, jump into the play, make it very hard to defend, tire them out, wear them out over three periods. And I think that the pace should be played at one where you should see, I think, the chance for goals tonight. So Stars abs over six for me uh, in this one. Uh, Alex, how about you, Dallas, Colorado? Yeah, I like the over two. And you mentioned, you know, the serious history. Yeah, last four games, we've seen them go under the total. But the last five meetings in Colorado, the over is four and one. So that really kind of helps, like I said, when Dallas, I mean, uh, they've just been over machines, especially uh, on the road four, oh, and two last road games. It's a 10 one and two in their last 13 overall. This is definitely uh, a spot. And I'm just trying to see. We, you know, don't have the confirmation yet of who's going to be in net, but. Uh, the fact that we had Ottinger last night, it could more than likely be Wedgwood tonight for Dallas. So I, I think I like that over as well. Uh, could definitely go over six. All right. Like an over six here as well, Alex, with the uh, Stars and the Avs. Uh, pretty good prop uh, game as well. Lots to uh, you can uh, lots to consider here uh, on both sides. JT Confer and Logan O'Connor and Newhook are all – it's a new look second line for Jared Bednar. They're all undervalued, I think, and they're all very capable. Uh, offensively for this team, especially with Evan Rodriguez out and still without Big Val Nachushkin and Landeskog. A little shuffling in the top six for the Avalanche. And now you're going to have New Hook, uh, City of Comfer, straight out of Comfer, centering the second line, and Logan O'Connor as well. So I think all of those guys definitely have some value in their goal prop tonight for the Avalanche. As far as Dallas uh, is concerned, uh, we look at... Uh, I would say right now, uh, again, I wouldn't uh, shy away from Kivaranta. I was waiting for Wyatt Johnston to get off his uh, schneid and off the slump that he had been in uh, after really starting off the season strong, and he finally found the back of the net last night against Winnipeg. So maybe you get Wyatt Johnston going again offensively. Very good, talented uh, skill set that he has. Started the season really well offensively, went into a drought, snapped out of it last night, so maybe you – ride the wave there that he's maybe going to get back on track offensively. Wyatt Johnston for the uh, Dallas Stars. All right, final game of this Saturday card. Uh, Vancouver Canucks, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Vegas minus 180, home favorites, six and a half the total in this one. Big time rest advantage for Vancouver. Uh, they haven't played since uh, Wednesday night in that upset victory over Colorado. How about that for Vancouver? Uh, winning that game 4-3, a great job by them. Uh, they needed a win desperately uh, in the worst way. And to do it on the road in Denver against the Avalanche, I mean, that's about as impressive a win as they've had all year. And they haven't had too many. But that was a great job, no doubt about it, by the uh, Vancouver Canucks uh, in that game. We'll see if they can carry the momentum forward. And that's the key question. Carry the momentum forward. Because the Vancouver Canucks have very rarely this year carried momentum forward from one game to the next. I mean, they had a mini two-game win streak against Buffalo and L.A., lost the next game. I mean, they've been awful off a win. They beat Anaheim, lost the next game, beat Ottawa, lost the next game. You know, that's basically been the kind of uh, pattern uh, that we have seen here from the uh, Vancouver Canucks throughout the course of the season. Vegas, on the other hand, they're off a 4-2 loss to the Seattle Kraken uh, last night. I'd also expect them to have a better effort uh, they are on back-to-back, but again, no travel at least, which is the good news regarding their uh, back-to-back situation. Uh, when you look at the uh, schedule of the Golden Knights, if they, I don't believe they have they played one back-to-back and they won on it uh, at San Jose after hosting Toronto uh, the night before. Uh, that is the uh, only back-to-back they have had uh, so far this year. So I think it's a tricky game uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, I'd take Vancouver, honestly, before Vegas. I mean, I don't know if I would want to lay this much with Vegas in this spot, especially when you have the heavy rest advantage for Vancouver. Sometimes being on the road around a holiday time like Thanksgiving is maybe good for a team. And maybe it's good for the Canucks to be away from home. And, you know, you do have to give them some level of, you know, praise for beating a very quality team like Colorado. And they did it with Spencer Martin and Nett. And even the Canuck broadcasters are mentioning it on the air the other night. They just win with Spencer Martin, or not every game, but they've won a lot of games with Spencer Martin and Nett. Are we at the point now where, you know, Thatcher Demko take a seat? You know, we've got to give Spencer Martin more starts because the win-loss record between the two goalies is much different. Uh, for Demko, 2-9. and nine. Spencer Martin, 5-1. and one. Think about that. Spencer Martin is 5-1 and one 
as a Canuck starting goaltender this year, and his numbers are flat out better than Thatcher Demko. His save percentage is better, and his goals against average is better. So where does Bruce Boudreaux go with his goaltending here tonight? I mean, Spencer Martin was the guy in net when you beat Colorado on Wednesday. Do you roll back with him? We don't know yet. No goalie confirmations yet, but that will really be a big factor in terms of where I go in terms of what to bet here in this game. Because if it is Martin, I'd be more inclined with Vancouver. If it's Demko, I might be more inclined with the over. So that's kind of where I am here with the uh, Canucks and the uh, Golden Knights. I like Kuzmenko, by the way, for a goal prop for Vancouver. He's really started to heat up once again the last uh, week or so. Uh, and again, this is a guy they got from the KHL in the offseason. He's got great offensive talent and skill set. We'll see if he can find the back of the net once again tonight uh, for the Canucks. Uh, Alex, uh, what do you like here? Vancouver, Vegas. You know, we got screwed in the last matchup of these two teams. I had the first period over two. No goals in the first 20 minutes. We got nine combined. Six of those coming in the third period. I think, I think we're gonna we're gonna make make do on, on this one. I like the first period over again, plus two, uh, or plus 120 at over two. Also, like both teams to score at plus 150, plus 155 in that range. I think we're gonna see uh, some good pace back and forth. And like I said, we've been seeing it with Vancouver. They they bounce right back and cash another first period over Vegas and Seattle last night. Uh, four goals in the first period there. So. Uh, just, just continue to kind of, you know, ride the wave with this Vancouver in the first period over. They begin some fast starts, and I think we'll definitely see some goals early in this one. I give Bo Horvat a ton of credit. I shudder to think how th- – you know, as bad as things have been for Vancouver, what the fuck would they be without Bo Horvat this year? Yeah. I mean, that's that's really scary when you – because he's just been – he's been – just, you know, yeoman's work for this team, just absolutely terrific. He's been done everything in his power to keep this team afloat. He's been – Obviously, by far the best offensive start to a season he's ever had. He's always been a solid offensive player, gets, you know, hardworking. Uh, a lot of his goals come via that. But for him to already have 16 goals this season, it's been remarkable. And and the captain of the Vancouver Canucks is clearly led by example. Uh, no question about that. And I give him a lot of credit. Uh, he has played uh, very well this year. 22 points already. Been good in all areas. Uh, no question. Uh, you know, obviously he's going to not continue to score at this clip for the entire 82 game regular season, but boy, where would they be right now without him uh, in net or not in net, but uh, on the ice is there a number one center right now uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. He's been great. You know, what's good to see though, is like Ilya Mikheyev, who they got from the Leafs started to play a little bit better. Kuzmenko has been good lately. Uh, that's been good to see. Miller's really struggled defensively. Say what you will about what he can do offensively. He's just snake bit in terms of he seems like he's on the ice for every goal that's scored uh, against Vancouver uh, right now. And it's just been that kind of year for him so far. The blue line's still shaky. Myers, Burroughs, Shen's been good, but when he's your best defenseman, that's a problem. Hughes has been up and down. Bears, kind of the same thing. One good game, one bad game. And Lawson Tossum, Ekman Larson's just a uh, uh, not had the year that we have seen from him so many times in the past. So a lot of issues with Vancouver, but they are off a big win against Colorado. Can they springboard that into another good performance tonight against Vegas? Like I say, if Martin's in, I might take a shot with Vancouver. Probably will, actually. And if it's not Spencer Martin, I'll probably look at the over instead when it comes to the uh, Canucks and the uh, Golden Knights tonight. Let's be honest, Vegas hasn't been great the last week or two. Yeah, A lot more inconsistency uh, in their game. Vegas enters this game tonight just uh, six and four in their last 10 games, just barely above 500. So after that red hot first month of the season, they haven't nearly been uh, as great uh, here uh, in the last uh, week or two. All right, there we go. That's the Saturday card. Great stuff. Hit the like button. 134 live viewers. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. A reminder, we've got the Ice Guys live betcast Tuesday night, November 29th, 7 p.m. Eastern time. We'll start right at the top of the hour. Uh, and we'll go for uh, at least through the all the early games and the you know the middle games. I think we're going to stay at least until the end of Calgary, Florida, which is one of the highlight games on Tuesday night. Matthew Kachuk makes his return to the Saddle Dome uh, in yeah. Calgary as a member of the Florida Panthers. That game is on Tuesday night, so we will definitely stay on until the end of that game, which is approximately eleven thirty uh, p.m. Eastern time uh, for uh, the Betcast on Tuesday night. So again, if you want to join us on the Betcast. Send a DM to Alex or I, and we will get you the StreamYard link uh, before the BetCast begins on Tuesday night. And a reminder, patreon.com slash iceguys, $10 a month. Uh, we're seeing great feedback there. The daily 
Ice Guys Show betting card is posted there. Goalie charts, uh, t- totals charts, courtesy of Chris Otto, power ratings and more. We've got lots more coming up, by the way, uh, in the uh, new year as well. We'll do more video content. Like I say, once the brunt of football season w- winds down, uh, we're going to definitely be ramping it up in terms of the bonus content on the Ice Guys Patreon page. So make sure you subscribe to that. It's just $10 a month, patreon.com slash ice guys all right best bets to wrap it up for this saturday show alex i will start with you uh, what do you like for best bet yeah we're gonna go with the early evening contest st louis and florida we're gonna go with the draw uh plus 390 the two teams that are in just not so good form right now like i said we've seen the streaks of up and down with st louis florida still trying to find their footing i just don't think that they're uh, worthy of being lined as a, a $2 favorite right now, which is why we're getting such good value with this uh, regulation price. So let's go Blues Panthers draw plus 390 is my best bet. All right. Blues Panthers draw plus, was it 390? Very good price. Wow. Uh, St. Louis, Florida draw plus 390. Uh, best bet for Alex B. Smith. My best bet's going to be uh, Dallas, Colorado over six minus 120. Uh, I think we'll get over that number. Dallas trending that way. I think if you're Colorado, wear this team out, push that pace, get your defense involved in the rush, really, really try to wear them out on the defensive end of the ice, which they're capable of doing. Plus off the loss, I expect Colorado to really be coming out strong, get that lead early, open up the game from there. Uh, I think we go over the total. Dallas has been definitely trending that way the last 10 games. Uh, we go over the total, I think, in the Mile High City tonight. Stars, Avalanche, over 6, minus 120. Uh, for my best bet for this Saturday card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Sunday, right before the NFL games kick off, noon Eastern. And we'll break down the Sunday NHL card for you right here on the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. 